Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, hey, Gator Nation, welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast. It's Tennessee Hate Week, guys. Got a lot to talk about tonight. As always, I'm your boy, Hirsch, and with me, my two awesome co-hosts, CJ the Man McCann. What's up, guys? And the hype man, Wes. What's good, Gator Nation? Yes, sir, guys. Tennessee Hate Week. You know what it is. You know what it's like. Got a lot to talk about tonight as far as Tennessee goes, but we're going to get to them in a minute. We're going to jump into a little, you know, recruiting stuff first. Talk talk about some commits coming to visit, some other prospects visiting, a decommit. Got a lot to talk about on this episode, guys. But as always, make sure you go out, download us wherever you get your podcast from. And if you're watching us on the YouTube channel, this is your first time checking us out. Do us a favor, guys. Helps us out tremendously. Go ahead, subscribe to the channel. Drop a like on the video. Leave us a comment down below. Leave us in the comments your score prediction for Florida versus Tennessee in the swamp this weekend, 7 p.m. Eastern ESPN. Got to be there, man. Got to check it out. All right, guys, let's jump right on into it, man. Um, As always, though, I want to start off. We're going to recognize a couple of our commitments in the way that they played last week in their high school games. And we're going to start right off the rip. We're not going to start with Big DJ. We're going to get to him second because – our man, Kanan Daniels, running back one, we talked about the big week he had the week before last. Well, he said, you know what? That ain't nothing. Y'all ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going to top that. I'm going to go out and have 38 carries for 427 yards and seven touchdowns. 
guys, this man is insane. I mean, these are video game, like, on easy numbers. Like, this is like we're playing – that's your creative player on NCAA next year. <laughs> Hitting it. I, I've never – like, we talked about Kanan before. He he's kind of runs in a very weird, gimmicky kind of offense. Like, they run a lot of wildcat, and he is – the ball is prim- primarily in his hands almost every play. He even throws some passes in the game, but um, I mean, this is a this is a a guy that you're hoping maybe by the time he gets to camp, he don't have too much uh, wear on the wear on the tires because he is eating it up down there at the high school level in Mississippi. Um, now, Mister DJ Lagway, who. Fresh off his visit last weekend, he was in he was in the swamp to, to watch us play, uh, you know, Nice, and um, he goes right back to Texas, goes twenty five for thirty two for three hundred and thirty nine yards and five touchdowns. As Willis, Texas, held on to beat their uh, beat the team that they played this week. That was the team that had really beat them down last year. So this was a revenge game for DJ, and he went out and did what superstars do shined put it on put it on him um and the third guy on the spotlight from last weekend Dre Hawkins three catches 70 yards and a touchdown as ING laid another beat down um I believe I haven't seen his stats from this recent game but they had a game called off at halftime here I believe uh was it yet like yesterday or something like that they were winning 99 to nothing at halftime yeah they, they beat the team I think they did this last year to the same team from Canada. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, people and people ask all the time, it's like, what is what is IMG doing scheduling these these opponents? And, and if you watch like the Bishop Sycamore documentary on HBO, IMG's hurting for people to play. Like people don't want to play them. So they're just taking whoever they can get. This isn't like they, they're intentionally seeking these guys out. This is who wants to play them. But yeah, I think they've done IMG's not out there. In a row. Seeking out McNeese State to play every game. There. No. <laughs> it, yeah. It when when you have the factory is the way I'll put it that IMG has. It, it's it's hard to find schools lined up just to want to take that L, you know. And yes, they play some more difficult schools, and and they play some games that where they have you know obviously competition, but not in the generally not the beginning of the season they don't. So, um, hopefully, our young man there gets gets enough reps this season. They keep playing like that; he's he's not even going to be on the field enough. Um, but really shows off what he can do. He had a great looking little sixty yard uh, catch and score. You know, just he's he's super quick. He runs past everybody on the field. So those just some of the highlights from from last week. Man, we keep up with these kids every week under on our, on our um, under the lights thread that we run on our Twitter page. Guys are out there doing it, man, and proving why why Billy and the company went after these kids and and are looking to make them Gators. DJ Lagway, like we said, continuing to have an outstanding season, already up to 14 touchdown passes on the year, um, and just looking to do more and more incredible things. Already beat got a got a monkey off his back by beating the heart, the team that beat them last year. So uh looking forward to seeing what he does the rest of the season, as well as Kanan Daniels putting up numbers like that. He's almost at a thousand yards rushing on the season. After three games, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, let's talk about a little bit of bad news. 
had a surprising decommitment this week from uh, Micah Burrow, defensive tackle out of Georgia. Um, never want to see a kid decommit. Never want that to happen. You especially don't want it to happen at the defensive tackle position, as we have covered many times on this show. That is a spot on this roster that continues to kind of elude us in the recruiting game. Thought we had us one here. We lose him. Looks like he's going to end up at Georgia, who he originally committed to us over. Um, Georgia kept the pressure on, kept the pressure on. Um, You might want to say they doubled their efforts in, in, you know, um, code there for uh, you know what it is. So, um, hey, you just keep on recruiting, man. You're on to the next one. That's all you can do in this kind of situation. It frees up a scholarship possibly to sign another guy, maybe at a position of need. Maybe you can take the second running back. Maybe you can add another wide receiver. Maybe you go back looking for another defensive tackle. Um, maybe you try to sign a four- or five-star offensive lineman. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> there are possibilities here. Guys, your thoughts, CJ, on uh, Micah Burrow's decommitment and what it means for the Gators class? I'm disappointed by it for sure because I really like the the prospect, um, you know, that big of a kid getting into play that nose tackle spot uh, where, you know, we have kind of struggled at getting kids that are the ideal body type to even play that position. And this was a guy that was perfect. He could, you know, he was big enough to really just jam up the the whole middle of the the line there. You know, kind of like what Desmond Watson does. Um, it, it's it's disappointing. Um, it's not a class killer. I mean, you know, if you if you really put a lot of stock into stars and rankings, he was only ranked as a composite three star. Um, you know, considering he's a nose tackle, though, he wasn't ever going to get any kind of love because. He's not a kid that probably camps much, if at all. Um, he's not a kid who's going to wow you with the stat sheet because he's just kind of in the middle eating up, you know, blocks, which is what his job is. Um, so, you know, it's disappointing and, and it stinks, but you always have to be prepared in recruiting. You're going to have a few kids decommit and you're going to have a few kids flip to you. And that's just kind of the way it goes. Every year, you know, when when everybody talks about, you know, there's not going to be this wave of decommitments that whatever, you know, rival fan bases might want to tell you, but everybody's going to get decommits. Georgia has decommits, Alabama, Florida State. You know, we, we've been on the positive side of some of that, and we've been on the negative side of some of that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it stinks. You don't, you don't ever want to lose a kid, especially at a spot where you really think you could use his help, but. You know, there's still plenty of time left to go out and find somebody else or, you know, now you've opened up a spot in your class to potentially add some more depth at another position. Uh, So you've got to make a a positive out of the negative here. Absolutely. Wes, any takes on this? Yeah, I mean, uh, CJ alluded to some of the points I wanted to say about uh, as far as his ranking. I know people are like, well, he's we, our class average actually went up higher. Uh, <laughs> this is a kid that's not going to be <clears throat> ranked that high because of the position he plays. 
Uh, he has a job, and that's to tie up the center and, and guard combination, take on double teams. Go ahead. We'll see how hard he's gonna, how high he's gonna be ranked now for sure, though. <laughs> yeah, that is. Let him, let's let let's let him commit to UGA and see how quick that ranking rises. We'll we'll keep keep an eye on that. We'll talk. We'll bring that back up. I'm sure at some other point. Yeah, I I, I do agree with that point. Um, but we've harped on uh, how we've needed. Uh, the nose tackle position, uh, not just uh, defensive tackle, but the nose tackle position in specific for that particular reason. Uh, we, we call, <clears throat> we let Coach Armstrong and in, in, in his defense and what he runs, and he needs that type of guy in his defense uh, because he wants to stop the run. And, and that's a guy that is going to clog up lanes, clog, clog up holes, uh, the, the, the A gap, B gap, whatever. Uh, he, he may be uh, called on for that specific play to play. And do it. And we've had to go in the portal to get these type of guys uh, to fill in. And uh, we thought we had somebody that maybe not next year, but uh, a year or two from now that would have been able to solidify that spot for a couple of years for us uh, and, and do it very, very well. We, we watched his tape. We saw what he did on film. Uh, we saw what he did at some camps. And he looked like a big athletic beast. And uh, this hurts. I'm not one to say it's over. Uh, I'm not going to give up on his stats. Say so I know that he's trending towards going towards Georgia, but until signing day, I, I'm going to believe uh, from what the stats have shown me this year, uh, from what we heard about why he decommitted, I I don't want to say it's over. I'm not going to say we're going to start recruiting uh, this kid. So until signing day, I, I'm, I'm still hold out hope that hopefully because it, it, maybe it's just because I want him so bad too. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I'm holding out hope for chaos and the crew to, to try to get them back in the fold. Uh, so we'll wait and see what happens uh, by time Saturday. So even though he's trending towards Georgia, um, I don't want to say it's over. We all, all three of us heard the rumor of why, particularly why this might have happened. Uh, we leave that at that. But um, until it's over, I, I, I'm, I'm not and because I want him. And and it goes back to people saying, "Well, but we just talked about his ranking, so don't don't get at the rank like, oh, well, he just knows guard. No, this is a specific need that this team needs to to be able to stop the run, and he's a special type of player that you can't just find off the street to do what he's capable of doing." Yeah, that leaves Nasir Johnson really as your only defensive tackle in this class. So, <clears throat> very much still a need. Um, if you don't get one in the class, obviously you're dipping back into the portal in the offseason in hopes of finding somebody that's a plug-and-play nose tackle for this defense once again. And that's fine. You can you can certainly make a living there. We've we shown it right now. you got Caleb Banks out there playing. You know, th- these guys are getting the job done. But ideally, you want a guy that you can recruit and develop in that room as well to provide some quality depth. So – Hopefully they're able to target a guy, get a guy in here. If not, once again, you're dipping into the portal, and we'll see how that goes. All right, guys, let's talk some visits, man. Um, big big weekend, big game. We've talked about this for a couple of weeks, that Tennessee was going to be a big recruiting weekend, and the stars are lining up, man. Lots of guys coming to town. First, we'll talk about 2024 kids. Got a lot of those coming. A lot of the commitments are going to be here. Not all of them. Obviously, you know, a lot of these kids might have Saturday games and won't be able to make it for a, for a Saturday kickoff at 7 o'clock. It is what it is. I mean, uh, but of note, kids that will be there, DJ Lagway, um, 
commitment. Uh, Wardell Mack out of Louisiana will be there. Jamonta Waller out of Mississippi will be there. Um, Fletcher Westfall, offensive lineman, our biggest offensive line commitment, going to be there. Um, Jerry Hawkins previously mentioned. Teddy Foster. Um, and I, I miss it. Mike Williams will be there as well, offensive tackle commitment. So you're going to have a good bit, and there'll probably be some more added to this list, guys. It's still we're right there where names can be added or subtracted at the last minute. Obviously, um, sometimes it's just a matter of these kids working out transportation to get to the game. Like it, it can be something very simple as, "Hey, um, I'm still looking for a ride." You know, their mom or dad might have to work, and they just may not be able to make it. So we'll see how that shakes out. Now let's talk about uncommitted kids that are, as of now, expected to show uh, the two biggest LJ McCray and Zay Mincy from mainland. We've talked about them several times. These are the two biggest targets from the perspective of you need to land left on the board. We've been after these guys since day one. Uh, LJ McCray is right now the biggest defensive line target we have left. Uh, Zay Mincy would be our biggest t- target in the secondary we have left. Um, We've been after these guys. It's now it's a fight with Miami for both. Uh, UGA is heavily involved with LJ McCray. The staff still feels very good on that young man. Uh, Zay Mincy, it's coin flip. You're gonna have to keep, you're gonna have to knock it out of the park. You're gonna have to get Coach Raymond on this kid and let him do his work. Um, hopefully, he gets around the other recruits, and you know some good things happen. Um, a few other names. Uh, Favor Edwin is a, is an offensive tackle out of McDonough, Georgia, my neck of the woods, where I'm from up there. Um, big, big kid who's who's kind of being a, a late riser in recruiting. He hasn't played football very long, sh- shooting up the uh, recruiting boards. Um, and a defensive lineman, um, Martrice Dillard out of Buford, Georgia, is also visiting. He, I believe he's a defensive tackle that we are actually just now really getting in on. Um, and one other prospect I forgot about from Georgia, from my, actually my neck of the woods where I live now, is uh, Cam McKell is a wide, four-star wide receiver out of Statesboro, Georgia. Um, I'm not really getting my hopes up for that one from what I've heard living close to him. I think we're kind of fighting to try to get into this recruitment, but there's a few other teams higher. We'll just have to see how it shakes out. The best thing is you get him on campus, you get in his ear, and, and hopefully good things happen. Um, Wes, what are your thoughts on, on the group of 2024 kids coming in? Uh, quick question. Is it unofficial visits for McCray and uh, Mincy? Yes. Uh, They've already taken officials, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, and, and of note, the staff has made it that they don't want official visits during the season. Yeah, I just want you know I wanted our fans to make sure that they're aware of what's going on with that as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, thank you for, and that's that's good to note because obviously yeah. it changes the dynamics of the visit a little bit. Yeah, um, out of that, uh, the names you named, whether committed or uncommitted, we all know the the, the big guys on the board, McCray and Mincy, and uh, we all want McCray and we all want Mincy. There's nothing to sugarcoat about it. If, if we, we thought we led from Mincy, we've chronicled this on our podcast about Mincy. Thought we already we had that kind of in the bag, and now it's kind of 50-50. Uh, we're fighting some other teams for him. Uh, same thing with McCray with Georgia. Um, I really, really want these two. Uh, I hope the environment is one. It's going to be a Friday night game, which is kind of cool. 
uh, you, with the with the lights, and you know it's going to be packed because it's Tennessee. So this is a good game for them to come from, come for as far as the type of environment they're going to get. It's not a twelve p.m. game where you know how our fans come late, or uh, even a hot three thirty game. It could be hot in Gainesville at seven, but it's more more like getting cool throughout the night. And uh, it's just hopefully that we put on a good show for them. And and, and uh, as far as the environment. Sure, coaches are going to be doing what they what what they need to do as far as Coach Raymond on him and Chaos on uh, McCray. So um, those are the guys that I want in this class uh, to to not to not they're they're not regular guys. Uh, Missy is a very very elite talent, and so is McCray. McCray is more. I've started watching him. He he's trending like special type of guys. So um, not just a a good guy to pick up just for rankings, uh, but he has a lot of talent just like uh, his teammates. So. Um, I'm hoping that we can get these two guys in the class to boost that class rankings. For me, you know, guys that already know I wanted that top five class, so um, that'll help me move more and more closer to my goal that I preferably spoke before we started this season. CJ, any takes on the 24 visitors? Um, no, just, uh, you know, more or less, you know, we, we saw the, this recruiting visit. Uh, kind of strategy take place last year with our big home game against LSU. Um, obviously, this is kind of what we're going for again. Even in the loss against LSU last year, it was received really well. Um, the environment's going to be great. The place is going to be packed. You know, this is kind of what you want. You know, you get these kids here, you get them invested. Um, you know, hopefully, you come out of this with a win this time. You know, I think that would that would help out a lot. Um, as far as the mood goes, you know, because a lot of this stuff is emotionally driven for these kids. Uh, you know, the, these kids, you know, can make emotional decisions based on what they see. Um, you know, you get in there, you get the place rocking, you get a big win. You got the fans out there. Uh, you know, you can really kind of sway some of the kids' opinion on you based on stuff like that. Um, so, just get it done again where we're sitting right now i have no reason to doubt the staff i have no reason to doubt their recruiting effort um they've done so well this cycle so far that um i'm you know i'm very confident in and what they're trying to do and i'm confident in their strategy and what they're doing right now absolutely um I mean, this is what you got to do, man. Get this hyped up environment still early in the season. The fans are absolutely going to be into it. But let's talk about some of these 2025 prospects that are visiting because this is where you really start to take that jump on this next class. And you've got a huge group. And I'm not going to name every single one of them that's coming, but we're going to highlight some of the biggest names, Uh, starting with DJ Pickett, um, five-star Safety defensive back out of Zephyr Hills down there close to Tampa. Um, so obviously he's he's a huge one that you've been after, and this will be one of just I mean, we're up to four or five visits to campus already at this point. So that's your headlining guy right there, but there's there's a lot more. I mean, four-star running back uh Waltez Clark out of Tampa, he plays at plant. He's probably the number one running back target right now. He had a great visit a a month or so ago, said Florida was super high on his list. This could be a kid that could possibly be the first commit of this class. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but he's very high up there right now of of the most likely guys to end up in this class. Um, 
some other let's talk about some quarterbacks. Uh Ryan Montgomery's coming down from Ohio with his father. Um obviously he's very high on the quarterback list. Antoine Hill is coming. If you don't know who Antoine Hill is out of Warner Robins, Georgia, I suggest you go do a little research on him because this young man is the truth. You see CJ shaking your head if you're watching on YouTube. Um, This kid put up 40 touchdowns, 40-plus touchdowns, I believe, last year against high-quality competition in the state of Georgia. Uh, This is a young man that that lots of schools are going to be knocking on his door so it's great to get this visit for such a high-impact game. Um, I believe um, Florida State's, uh, yes, Tramel Jones, the Florida State quarterback commitment out of um, Mandarin is also coming for a visit. So there's three high-profile quarterbacks right there visiting. Um, T.J. Alford, linebacker, will be visiting. Uh, just Vernell Brown the third will be visiting, corner uh, athlete out of Orlando. Javon Boggs is a three-star wide receiver. He's, but he's a guy that I think is criminally underrated. If you didn't see uh, a couple of weeks ago, he lit Charles Lester up in a game. Charles Lester being a five-star defensive back committed to Florida State, he absolutely lit Lester up. So that's a young man to keep an eye on. Um, let's see. Uh, I missed uh, Dallas Wilson, big time wide receiver, t- already committed to Oregon, is going to be visiting out of Tampa. I mean, there's just this list is insane of all the visitors that are coming. Uh, Jet White, Jet, Jet White, White uh, safety Dallas Good- Golden out of Tampa. I mean, lots of Tampa kids coming for this visit. Um, Let's get some. <laughs> Bill said, we going to get some of these kids out of Tampa now. Four-star defensive lineman Myron Charles out of Port Charlotte. Another running back, uh, I I can't say that young man's name, and I apologize because I have not practiced. <laughs> um, wide receiver, four-star wide receiver Cortez Miller out of Homestead. I mean, just just four-star after four-star. Four-star safety Hilton Stubbs. He's a, out of Jacksonville. That's a young man we've been recruiting heavily. I know he, uh, Florida State is recruiting him heavily as well. Four-star quarterback Jet White. You already mentioned Jet White out of Miami. Um, I'm just on and on. Uh, defensive lineman Malik Autry, who's committed to Auburn. He's already made a couple of visits to visit Florida as well. So as you can see, guys, and this is a list that's going to grow in the next couple of days as well. Like these are just guys that have confirmed as of now with various outlets. That list is going to to grow and grow, and you're going to have more and more big names added to it. That is why it is so important for this game, not only to create a great atmosphere, but as CJ mentioned, this is a game that you really would like to get a victory and for so many reasons, and we're going to go into that deeper here in a second. But because of having all these recruits here, you've set yourself up for a absolutely what could be a monumental weekend if you can take care of business on the field. Guys, any other thoughts before we move on from these recruits about about these about these 2025 kids? CJ, you have any thoughts on these guys? Um, no, just make a great impression. You know, it's a long way down the road, you know, but this could be a great step forward with a lot of the kids as we've seen. Uh, we, you know, I don't have a number, but a lot of the kids that we have in this class were visiting as 2025 kids last year. Um, so, you know, you want to make that impression now, and I think it gets you ahead of the curve 
um, going into the next year's cycle. So this is very important um, because you want to continue this recruiting success. You know, having a third-ranked class in the country is awesome, but if you turn around and you go back to mid-teens, you know, recruiting, it really doesn't help you at all. You know, you can't just have one really great class and then go back in the middle of the, the road and, you know, you need to have a consistently within firmly within that top six, seven range of recruiting classes for uh, some long-term success here in the future. So definitely, definitely important that we get ahead of the curve on a lot of these kids in 2025. What Wes, any other closing thoughts? Yeah, just uh, the impact of also having your 24 class almost solidified and tied up that you can really focus on these 25 kids because you basically got everybody in. Not that you don't stop recruiting a kid after you got them as far as our 24 kids that are visiting, but you got a lot of these highly ranked 25 kids in. You got a big enough staff. And the thing I like about our staff is they know these kids personally. It's not like um, I don't, when I say personally, what I mean, like, um, what's your name? They don't do that. Like they know these kids, know these kids, parents, they're heavily involved. And that's what that support staff, uh, as far as uh, we haven't mentioned the word army uh, uh, in a while, but that's where that they come in and, and, and they, they're so personable with these kids that make them feel welcome. So let's just hope we don't have a boring game Friday, Saturday night that is live and exciting for these kids where they're not yawning like, uh, like I was a few minutes ago. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, let's move on from recruiting and let's let's jump in and talk about this game for a minute. And before we do, we want to first we want to talk about. Obviously, we had um, a young man enter the transfer, it put his name into the transfer portal earlier this week. Um, uh, Jadarius Perkins announced, I believe it was Tuesday that he, or no, it was it was it Monday that he was going to go ahead and put his name into the transfer portal. Um, obviously wish the young man well in, in his, in his future. Um, just a case of the writing was on the wall, man. He wasn't, he wasn't getting the reps that he wanted and it was just best for him to go ahead and move on down the road to another opportunity. So, you know, best of luck to that young man. Never wish ill will on him. Hope he finds a spot where he's able to uh, further his education and his career. So best of luck to him. Um, Recently, just just dropped the depth chart for the Tennessee week, just dropped. And the biggest news, obviously, on that depth chart, Billy already alluded to it on Monday, is that that Kingsley is a go. Not even listed on the injury report. They let they let that ankle heal up. They they set him out and now he is ready to go. Um, And in looking at the depth chart, there's really not much to note other than the only out on offense is um, Tony Livingston is out. And um, Jamar and Jamarcus Weston is out on defense, and that is it. That is your injury report. So the best thing going is the Gators look to be very healthy going into this game. I believe they were able to sit some guys last week, like we alluded to in our raw reaction episode. Um, let those guys heal up. You know, you didn't need if your wide receivers a little banged up, got 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 you know some bumps and bruises. No need to play in that game. And most of the starters were out by the time the second half rolled around. So now you're seeing the benefits of that. You've got a fresh team rolling into this huge matchup with Tennessee on Saturday night. Now, guys, 
I'm going to start off with this. There's a lot of stuff out there saying that this is a must win game for Billy Napier and company. And I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the term must win, but it's a pretty important game. When you look at the landscape of things, Billy can get a lot of um, people off his back. If he's able to, to get this victory on Saturday night, CJ, in your mind, is, is this a must win? game um no no i i i've been seeing that all week like this is this will be the determining factor in billy napier's tenure if he can't beat tennessee and what what have you uh it's not a must win it's a i would really really like to win this game um but it's not a must win that that's that's kind of ridiculous when it's been pointed out by multiple people the people that matter the people with the money that he ain't going anywhere um, you know, not in the immediate future. Um, you definitely need to win this game. This would help a lot uh, with a lot of different things. If it's just getting people off your ass, um, you know, I mean, that's that's. I mean, in all in all honesty, that's it. Uh, you, that's what this game would do the most of. If you you get a lot of people off your back, um, if you could win this game. I mean, personally, Billy wants to win this game. He talked about how much this game meant to him personally last year. Um, when we played Tennessee, he's originally from Tennessee. He was born in Tennessee, then moved to Georgia. Uh, but he's got a lot of family in Tennessee. This is kind of a game that's like a homecoming for him when he plays them. Uh, this is a game that means a lot to him. You know, we came, you know, pretty close to beating them last year. We had a, you know, semi-mediocre defense. We probably could have beaten them last year, even with that great of a team they had. Um, you know, we were – we were a few few stops on defense from doing it, um, even even till the end. So you know, you got a you know a it, it's it's a game that you need to win, uh, but it's not a must win game. Uh, it, it would it would go far for him in his his tenure uh, at this point for the win, but it's not going to decide whether he's here or not. Wes, do you agree that it's a must win game? It depends on what must win means. As far as Billy keeping his job, no. I agree with you guys on that. But uh, just to play devil's advocate and, and squish sides, uh, because I don't agree with that narrative that he has to win to keep his job. Hell no. That's not true. But what it is is, uh, did we beat Tennessee last year? No. Did we beat Georgia last year? No. Did we beat LSU last year? No. Did we beat Florida State last year? No. Can't lose to rivals like that. Can't go 0-4 for rivals, and this would be 0-5 against rivals. So in that sense, I say it's a must-win because you can't do that. That's something Urban Meyer preached. That's something Spur preach. Own your rivals. You got to own rivals. You got to own them. You got to win. You can't go – I don't want to say you can't go because if you lose, then you're going to go 0-5 against your rivals. And then you got, uh, I think, Georgia before – Georgia, then LSU, then Florida State. So then you're looking at 0-6 because of who we think Georgia may be. So, yeah, in that sense, to me, it's a must win. Got to get this first victory against a rival team because we were 0-4 last year. So you put yourself in this position in that state, in that mind, in my mind, that makes this a must win uh, because you got to go, you got to get your first members for rival. So that, that, that's how I feel. I agree with that 100%. Um, you, you've got to get a rival win. You, you've got to quiet these doubters just, you know, to for your team's sake. 
So, so there's less of a storm around it. And you start putting doubt. You know, these kids read what's out there. They read Twitter. They read reactions, not only of fans, but these media members. You got, and it doesn't help when you have clowns like, and I'm going to say it, Dan Mullen <laughs> out there saying that Billy's on the hot seat because he recruited some of these guys <laughs> that are in that locker room. Yeah. Like that's, I'm sorry, but that's clown behavior saying stuff like that. That's, that's like the bitter ex-wife down the road, you know, making up rumors because she's mad that you're happy now. It, it, take that ish onward, man. We don't, you know, but that's a whole nother story. We, we clown Dan Mullen enough on here. He clowns himself, but <laughs> But yes, I agree from the fact that you've got to get the monkey of can't beat a rival off of your back. And now they didn't include, which we don't consider them a rival. They consider us their rival as far as football is concerned. But I didn't include Kentucky in there. And we lost to them last year. So that could easily be 0-5 if you're a fan that considers them a rival. I don't. When you beat somebody 20 times or uh, so in a row, there's no rivalry there. And so. Tennessee hasn't won in the swamp in like 20 years. Yeah, so, so I don't consider them a rival. But I was just saying some people so. do consider them a rival because of basketball as well. So, mm-hmm. um, But I don't. So you got a lot of things kind of on the line with this game. So I know there's got to be a certain amount of pressure. Now, Billy's not going to admit to that. He's not going to come out and say, yeah, there's a lot of pressure with this game. But – this is one of those situations where you know silently, and we know Billy's not one of these guys that's going to come out. He's not going to do the Spurrier thing. He's not even going to do the Urban thing and, and do that trash talking. But you've got to know he's telling his coaches in the back, guys, I'd really like to win this game. <laughs> you know, I'd really – hey, Coach Armstrong, let's dial it up. And let's talk about why he needs to dial it up. This ain't Hendon Hooker coming out of that tunnel, all right? And I'm not saying that Joe Milton is some bad quarterback, but we know what Joe Milton is. He's been in school for eight years. I mean, we've seen what he brings to the table. Him and Hooker are about the same age, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, they they both are like – They've been drinking for four years and stuff. Like, it's we, like we saw to put put it in perspective. We saw um, we saw Joe Milton in the Peach Bowl in two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, that, that's like, how long did that man? He was overthrowing passes then. He's overthrowing passes now. Now, let's talk about what Tennessee does bring to the table. They they average over six yards per carry rushing the football. So this isn't the Tennessee that we played last year. They are finding they are winning games by playing much better defense than they have in the past and running the ball on the ground. Now, Joe Milton adds a little bit to that rushing attack. Obviously, he's a mobile quarterback. But they only have like two passes over 20-plus yards on the season. So that, to me, brings – up what the game plan of this game honestly should be. And that is sell out, stop the run. Make Joe Milton beat you. Now, we've seen this defense the last couple weeks. They can absolutely do what it takes to stop the run. They absolutely are doing a great job tackling that we have not seen in the last couple of seasons. But this is going to be a big test, man. It's supposed to rain Saturday in Gainesville. There's like a 50-plus chance percent 
percent chance of rain, you know, rain um, could get real muggy. You know how it is in Gainesville. It's not supposed to be quite as hot, but you know how it is. It rains, it gets muggy, <laughs> you know? So um, this is our house, man. It sets up perfectly for us. The line right now, 6.5, you know, favoring Tennessee, if you believe in those kind of things. Um, the total points on this game is like 49 or something like that, or, or, or even higher than that. It's ridiculous. I don't think it's going to be that high of a scoring game, to be very honest with you. CJ, in your estimation, what is the best way for the Gators, obviously score more points, but what is the best way for the Gators to to pull off this win? Um, you know, looking at the, the Tennessee offense, uh, you know, you lose you lose a couple of you know you, you lose Jalen Hyatt, which is which is a massive downfield target. They don't have him in the repertoire anymore. Um, you know, Graham Mertz and Joe Milton are pretty well in a dead heat with passing yards. It's almost I think Joe might have twenty more than than Graham. Which if you'd have told me that at the beginning of the season, I'd have called you a liar. <laughs> I wouldn't expect that, but I think you're looking at two teams that are going to be very similar in the way they want to attack. I think they're going to both kind of be more run first teams. They're going to want to run the football. Um, you know, with with the way our secondary is, uh, as young as they are, I would almost rather Tennessee try to beat us by running the football. I feel like we're we're better up front than we are in the secondary, and that's no slight against the guys in the secondary. I just think they're young. Um, so if you, if you can make them, you know, have to try to throw that football to beat you and get consistent pressure on Joe Milton, um, I, I think that sets you up well for, for how to attack Tennessee. Um, and on offense, you know, the time of possession, um, I think is a major factor in this game. I think if Florida can control the ball on offense and, and have these big, long, sustained drives and just keep that Tennessee offense on the sideline as much as they can, I think it'll benefit them a lot. I think that's the main thing. You cannot be, you know, you don't want to get in a track meet with these guys, you know, because, you know, Josh Heupel is going to dial something up and, you know, that's not the kind of game you want. We saw it last year, you know, how, how, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't favorable for us to get in a track meet with Tennessee. We didn't end up winning that. Um, I think the main thing is you need to be able to control the time of possession. You need to keep Tennessee's offense off the field. Um, you need to have consistent drives. You need to finish drives um, in the end zone or at least getting three points on a field goal. You cannot get in the red zone and just stall. You have to You have to finish drives. You can't leave points on the board against teams like Tennessee. Uh, so those are the main things you're going to have to do. Um, and, you know, and, and I'm – I'm curious to see what Tennessee's game plan is. You know, it, you know, Josh, Josh Heupel is the kind of guy that once you think he's going right, he might go left. Uh, you know, so I'm sure they've, they've game plan for that. But if, if they are running the ball, you know, they're wanting to run first, you really need to shut that down up front and then make sure you get great pressure on Milton and, and make sure that he can't beat you um, throwing the football. You also want to make sure you contain him. You know, we, we've done a bad job over the years at containing quarterbacks um, to the pocket. You know, you won't, don't want the, the, the side of the contain to break down. So then you've got everybody covered up downfield. You get pressure, you miss a tackle, guy skirts off to the left or to the right, and by the end of it, he's got 15 yards on you because you've got everybody downfield. You've got to be able to contain. You've got to keep, 
you know, everybody in the flat to make sure that that guy just can't run outside and, and end up beating you when you've done a great job in the secondary. So um, there's, there's a lot of things that's going to go into this, which, which you're going to have to control the game on offense. I think gives you the best chance to win. Um, is just holding on to that ball as long as you can. Having six, seven, eight-minute drives, just long, sustained drives, keep their offense on the sideline as much as you can. Wes, what are your keys for a Gators victory? Yeah, um, I know you were speaking about their defense, but I'm, I'm looking at who they played. Denver, they played Virginia, who's a garbage team, and I think they lost to Old Dominion this past week. Um, and then they played a lower-level team. Um, CJ kind of alluded to my point. I'm going to speak offensively first. Uh, as far as finishing drives, uh, I rewatched the game last year, and that, that was a problem area for us all year, it seemed like, is when we get inside the 20, we couldn't score. I'm fourth and two, fourth and three, fourth and one. I don't want any field goals. I don't want the kicker trotting out there. I want us to go for it each time. If we in, if we inside the 30, I want to go for it. To me, that's the key. And I think last week was – this is why I was so happy with last week as far as us running the ball, uh, uh, those offensive linemen getting those reps, because I want to see us punish Tennessee this week running the ball offensively and let Mertz dink and dunk, get the ball to Wilson in, in those little screen things that we do, uh, get the ball to Ricky, let them get first downs on third and manageable. We stay, we stay in third and manageable that I feel really, really good about uh, us offensively in this game. We have to be efficient and we have to finish drives and we have to can't, I don't want to be behind the sticks at all. Kingsley coming back uh, is a, is a major plus for us in this game, calling out assignments uh, and us being at home defensively. We've all raved about James and Williams. Tennessee is going to run the ball. We're about to see if what we've chronicled about James and Williams at linebacker, if it's true, we love up front, but they're going to have to fit those holes. They're going to fit those gaps and make plays. And I want to see those guys do it. I believe they can do it because they are so freaking fast and so freaking violent, especially Scooby. Scooby's violent. Shamar is just Shamar. He's just athletic, sideline to sideline, making plays, making tackles. And I love what I see from him. So if they're going to run the ball, I want to see what our two backers do in this game. Uh, and we have to – my other key is what we haven't done in the first two games, turnovers. Yeah. Let's get some freaking turnovers. Those high errant passes that you were just chronicling about, CJ, I want turnovers. I want those picks. I want us to come down with the, these balls. Uh, I love what uh, Paul's um, – where uh, Devin Moore did it. Uh, he ran that route. He ran the route for the receiver against Utah. I want us to come down with those. Or if it's tipped in the air, somebody got to be diving to get that. I want us to have – pause again. <laughs> I want us to have <laughs> – with the balls in the air, I want us to go get those balls. Pause. But um, <laughs> I just need us to, to, to create some turnovers. You create turnovers. It's going to be raucous in the swamp. You get the crowd into it. We smash them more. I, I don't care about the offense being boring. As far as we smashing the ball, we running, we getting four or five yards a clip. Not to the extent – I know we're not going to do what we did last week. I think those guys were getting like seven yards of carry, six yards of carry, five yards of carry. That's not going to happen for all three backs. But if we can run the ball and stay in a good third down, then I feel good. But as far as the defense is concerned and their running game, because they're not the same team from last year, I want to see Shamar and Scooby. They're, they, Shamar and Scooby are my uh, keys to uh, as far as defense. And I want to see some turnovers. We gotta, I want at least two turnovers this game. 
because he is errant. He and we get pressure on him. I want to see if we blitz uh, how Armstrong does with blitzing this week as well to see if we can get uh, make Milton uncomfortable and throw those errant passes too. So, uh, but I, but I can't wait for this game, man. And and if you ask me if we can switch like we did last year, we lost Tennessee, beat Utah. I'll go for this for the rival thing that I spoke about earlier. We lost Utah. We can beat Tennessee. I feel good. I feel Absolutely. really, really good. So, I'll take that trade off yeah, 10 out exactly. of 10 times. Exactly. Um, I only have a few points. I'm going to keep this real short. You guys have really hit on some really good things. Um, one, offensively, run the damn ball. We've, we've said it. We've said it. If we can run the ball, and it's not that I don't have the faith in Graham Mertz. I think he's played very well as a quarterback so far. But I don't want him to have to <clears throat> be throwing for his life late in the game. I want him to be handing it off. I want him to be able to hand it off as many times this game as as we can. Just turn it around, hand it off four, five, six yards. Let's keep the ball moving. Throw in a dink and dunk. Get Trey, you know, get get Trey Wilson involved somehow. You know, some some plays to Ricky. Uh, you know, the old tight end drag. Just keep it simple, man, but keep the ball moving and keep it out of their hands. Defensively, um I already said my thing is sell out to stop the run, but I think our safeties are going to be very important in this game. This is going to be the game that we really see if these young guys at safety can do the thing because they're going to have to step up and make plays in the box, and they're going to have to watch over the top too. I believe you're going to see a lot of man defense from the corners. I believe you're going to have Marshall out there on his island uh, Moore is gonna gonna have his man, or Kimber, whoever's on the other side, is gonna have their man, and we're gonna force Joe Milton to try to win this ball game. And you know, J- Joe Milton says he doesn't lose games in Florida, but we done seen it happen. So, you know, um, thanks for for those wise words of wisdom, Joe Milton. You you really nailed it there. Um, once again, though, sell out. Get the box. Let these linebackers do their thing. Let these guys on the line do their thing. Keep this running game under five yards of carry. Hell, keep it under four yards of carry. If you keep them under four yards of carry, I have a feeling we win this football game and, and pretty easily. But it's Florida, Tennessee. Probably ain't going to be an easy game. That being said, CJ, what's your score prediction for this ball game? Uh, I'll say uh, us 28 to 24. Wes. CJ took my score, so I'm going to go us 28 <laughs> 20, Florida. I had it written down before any of y'all said anything. I had 27 24 <laughs> on the paper from this afternoon. I've, I've had that that 27 for Florida stuck in my head. Probably because we'll miss an extra point, but <laughs> probably right. I mean, are we missing an extra point and kick two field goals? That'll be ridiculous. You know, it'll be something weird. It's Florida, Tennessee, guys. If if something weird can happen, that shit's gonna happen. You know it. I hope we we're not having any kind of uh, having to make some crazy throw in the last minutes of the game because I don't I don't trust that as much as I did in years past. So. All right, guys, that's it. Let Saturday come, man, because I'm ready for this game. I'm ready to see how we stack up, and hopefully the Gators are coming out 2-1 and one with that first victory in the SEC and that rival victory. All right, fellas, it's that time of the week. 
once again. Weekly pickums. Oh man. Hirsch had a good week last week, fellas. Woo-wee. Hirsch went eight and two on the week. CJ and West seven and three on the week. That puts Hirsch 14 and six. CJ 13 and seven. And West 12 and eight on the year so far after two weeks. Damn two lane. That damn two lane. <laughs> damn two that lane. damn that damn Platt. Holding out on you, yeah, messed me up, man. I was like, "Damn, if I knew you weren't gonna play, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have picked you." Like, <laughs> all right, boys. Um, let's jump right into it, man. We got we don't have the hottest slate of games this week. Obviously, there is no Texas Bama really this week. I mean, it's just kind of an ugly slate of game of average looking little games out there. But we got ten. What? Which one of y'all picked Texas last week? Nobody, nobody, nobody picked, nobody picked Texas Texas. last week. We all picked Bama. Oh, that was CJ picking Texas A&M. My bad. He picked Texas A&M. I mean, Miami. He picked Miami. I picked Miami. Picked Miami. I got he that one right. He's, he's, <laughs> he loves picking these damn in-state rivals. Oh, well, I'm telling you. If, if, he's, he's the only one that's like got this. the guts to do it. I tell you what. All right, guys. Let's start right now at the SIP. Georgia Tech heading out to play Ole Miss and, and those uh, whatever their mascot is this week. Ole the Miss. Bears, the Sharks. <laughs> the Land Sharks. I don't know what they are. Wes, who you got? Ole Miss. Okay. CJ? Hurts my heart, but I got to pick Ole Miss. Georgia Tech already let me down once. I was, And that's what I was going to say. I'd love to pick Tech. I'd really like to. But if you can't hold on versus Louisville, I don't trust you on the road <laughs> at, Miss, at, at Ole Miss. All right. Another SEC slated game, Kansas State at Mizzou. CJ. Uh, give me K-State. Missouri looked really bad last week. Wes? Bang, K-State. Give me them Wildcats. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with K-State, too. I ain't picking that damn Drinkowitz in nothing. I won't pick that some bitch in nothing. <laughs> Except looking like a dork. So bad. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Washington State at the Fighting Male Tuckers. Oh. Oh. Washington at Michigan State, Wes. Who you got? It's Washington State, right? I meant Washington, Washington not the Washington Huskies. State. I was thinking Michigan State before I spoke. Yeah. I'm going with uh, the Huskies. Uh, they got a lot of stuff going down there in East Lansing. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> CJ? I can already hear the fat lady singing. Washington's going to win this thing by a lot. There just ain't no way they're ready to play this game. Yeah, I don't I don't see any way, shape, or form that the uh, fighting male Tuckers get, get hyped up for this one. A tuck coming. Whoa, easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back back to the SEC country. BYU visits Arkansas. CJ, who you got? Uh, we pick. Give me, give me the Razorbacks. Wes? Yeah, I'm going to pick the home team at uh, SEC environment. Yeah, man. Uh, KJ, KJ's having a good season, man. Um, 
I ain't looking forward to them boys coming down to the swamp later. Yeah, they look different. Right? They, they did look different week two, different week. We're gonna be good to go. We got the black uniforms on. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Arkansas for me as well on that one. All right. Pittsburgh at West Virginia. Wes. West Virginia. CJ. Pitt. Yeah, I'm going with Pitt myself on Backyard that brawl, baby. I don't have I don't care about West Virginia. They ain't the same as they used to be up there. Yeah, Rich All Rod right. ain't up there no more. The Golden Gophers of Minnesota visiting Chapel Hill at UNC. CJ. Give me the Tar Heels. They let me down last time. I'll take them this time. Wes. Minnesota did it to me last time against Nebraska. That defense is real. North Carolina kind of struggled with App State last week. But I'm going to say Drake May finds his footing. <sighs> I think he does. Minnesota couldn't score against Nebraska. Nebraska defense looked good against Colorado, too. I'm going to go ahead and go with, uh, I'm go ahead and go with uh, the Tar Heels. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of analysis to come yeah, up with. I'm going to figure it out. And who they played Minnesota. The Gophers, good. baby. Yeah. Nah. Man, there's a there's a part of me that really wants to pick Minnesota, but I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I'm not falling into that trap. UNC, baby. All right. Louisville at the Hoosiers of Indiana. Wes? Louisville. Uh-huh, uh-huh. CJ? Oh, man. Uh. You know what? Give me the Hoosiers. I'll take the Hoosiers. Why not? Oh, okay. Give me the Hoosiers. I got Bob Knight out there. They're ready to go. <laughs> Is Bob Knight still alive? I don't know. The spirit of Bob Knight was on. <laughs> I thought he was coming to the game, but you had me thinking he was coming to the game. You'll, you'll I don't even know, man. You know he's there if you see a, if you see a if chair. If I see a chair go flying, yeah. I don't if know. You Maybe they will throw it across the, the field. Well, that just might mean that there's a riverboat fight nearby. I don't mean (laughs) (laughs) that too. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm on the Louisville hype train. I told you, I said it week one. I thought Louisville was an underrated team this year. Give me Louisville. All right. This one ought to, uh, this ought to, there ought to be some points scored in this game. TCU at Houston. CJ? Give me the Cougars. I'll take the Cougars. I'll take the Cougars against TCU. I was not impressed with what I've seen from TCU here in the early season. Wes. Yeah, I'm going to Cougars as well. All right. All right. Well, I'm going with the Horn Frogs, baby. Horn Dogs. Oh, the Horn Dogs. I told you, man. I, I, I just I have this thing about picking against TCU. <laughs> <clears throat> I think the Colorado was a was a one off. I don't, I'm just – I got a little more faith in them than that. All right. LSU at Mississippi State. Wes, who you think? Uh, LSU. CJ? LSU's look pretty – I mean, Mississippi State's look pretty good for two weeks. Give me give me, give me the new cowbells. Give me the Bulldogs. Mississippi State. I'm going I'm to ride with them. I don't care how many damn points LSU put up on freaking Grambling. Whew, I talked him right into that. Did you see how that that, that worked, Wes? Oh, I, I was picking Mississippi State long. I put you Jedi mind trick on today, <laughs> right taking, there, man. I'm taking Mississippi State. I've, I've been watching too much Soka. Shout out! All right, give me LSU <laughs> at Mississippi State. I think the magical ride ends this weekend. All right, 
and we hate to do it. We're not fans of them, but here we go. South Carolina goes to Athens to play the Bulldogs. CJ, who you taking? Give me the dogs. Oh, my God. He said it's so confident. Give me the dogs. Wes, I know you're hyped for this one, man. You've been you've been thinking yeah. about this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Georgia Psych. I've been saying all year before we started. Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> man, man did a hat toss on us. He damn like <laughs> – <laughs> he should have had hats ready for that. Yeah, but put it all is just throw it out. That South Carolina was going to beat Georgia. I've said it. I'm still going to stick with it. South Carolina has some guys on offense that can make plays. I've not been impressed with Georgia. South Carolina plays well down there. The last time Georgia lost at home was to USC. So, um, and that was a few years ago, about three or four years ago, maybe. But the last loss at home was to USC. I'm picking USC. They use this this a rivalry game, South Carolina, Georgia. We're from the South. We know how that is. So South Carolina, upset Georgia. Crazy football say, season. Let me say this. I think this is going to be a real. <coughs> I think this is going to be a real entertaining three thirty CBS game right here, man. Like this, I think this will be a fun game to watch, whether you care for the two teams or not. Obviously, we don't hate them. <laughs> but I will also mention that if I pick Georgia to lose to South Carolina, my wife will murder me, maybe on air. So <laughs> I'm going to have to go ahead and pick UGA in a squeaker. I think there's going to be some points scored in this one. I think there's going to be a lot of sacks in this game. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. It could be ugly. So give me UGA. In an entertaining ball game, hopefully it's the most entertaining ball game of the day because I hope that we blow the doors off of Tennessee and, and it's a stress-free night for the rest of us. We can only hope, guys. So that's it for the week, guys. CJ, you got anything to drop? Uh, no, just thank you guys as always for uh, supporting us as creators. Uh, check us out on the Twitter. Check us out on the Facebook. A lot of things going on over there. Make sure you guys leave the score predictions as her shed and then the bottom here in the comments, what you think the score is going to be this weekend. Maybe give us your take. What you, what do you think that the Gators need to do to uh, win this game? Some things we need to avoid. Um, just always be checking us out on the Twitter Friday. You know, we're going to have the updates on some of the high school kids that we're covering as much as we can find. Um, get you guys out there with some of those. So just keep up with us over there. You get a lot of good information on that. Um, no, just again, though, thank you guys so much. You helped us grow so much. Doing great things. It's early here in football season. We're enjoying that. We're enjoying interacting with you guys. Um, so thank you so much for that. We really appreciate you. Absolutely, we do. Send us home, Wes. Yeah, don't forget to check out our sponsor. It'll be in the descriptions at the bottom. Uh, check out our uh, Sunday, our raw reaction to the game. That'll be early Sunday morning. Uh, so check that out as we give our reaction to the game. So don't forget to uh, set your notification bell on so that when you when we drop that on YouTube that you can see that uh, Sunday morning. Uh, as they, the guy said, we appreciate you guys. Don't forget to get your Gator gear. Like I said, uh, if you haven't got anything or you want something new, you may go to a game this year want something fresh. Check out Auto Monitor. description will be in the YouTube link. Uh, you can click that in order uh, what you need as far as Gator stuff. They do Gator stuff on so appreciate them. Shout out to them. Shout out to you all. And let's whips, whips, not whips. Let's whip Tennessee fast this weekend. Go Gators. I hate Tennessee. Hate Tennessee. Go Gators.
Go Gators. Down with the orange. Garbage truck working convention. Puke inside of a pumpkin orange. Go Gators, baby. (laughs) See y'all next week. 